0: Thursday, finance for our sponsor, Pritchard and Partners, and Stephen Pritchard joins us. Now, Stephen, online shopping is such a goer. Um, We're talking about overseas investing a little later in the program. Um, What about overseas shopping, that is, remotely?
1: Yeah, overseas shopping, you know, when the Australian dollar was equal to the $1 US, it was talked about all the time. But now that the Australian dollar seems to have fallen around to the, you know, the seventy cent mark. That it, it, it doesn't seem to be as as popular, and one of the reasons I suspect is because it's easy, it's hard, it's a lot harder to convert seventy cents into a, a dollar, and and you know, you can't really work out. Um, uh, what you're actually paying as easily as you could before. Uh, the other reason is it is becoming increasingly difficult to to buy uh, products from the US, particularly if they're available in Australia, because a lot of the a lot of the manufacturers and, from overseas has exclusive distribution um, um, territories, and and um, overseas retailers uh, won't actually ship the products to Australia. Now there there are a number of um, uh, what you'd call on shipping agencies where you can um, ship them to a US address and then they'll on for them to Australia. But it, but it still has this problem as, as we were discussing earlier is that when you go to pay for them, the first four digits of your credit card identifies which country and which financial institution. So a lot of the sites, um, uh, rejecting um, your orders on the basis of your credit card, so um, and, and, or your debit card. So unless you've got uh, someone overseas who, or, or an overseas bank account, it, it can be difficult to buy stuff from overseas.
0: Well, That's really interesting. But of course, there are other places that um, you can buy, not just the US. Oh yeah, but the
1: same, the same, same principle, the applied. same principle okay. applies. I mean, I've tried to buy stuff from um, some. Some stuff from a website in the in the u k that my wife wanted and, and because it was half the price that 's being sold out here, and it just wouldn 't ship to australia so it 's it's, it's the credit card and the shipping address and and a lot of things you 've got to overcome that so okay. you know, see yeah. these companies are, and a lot of the products are sold cheaper You know, a lot of the brand name products seem to be sold you know up to fifty percent cheaper in the u k and the u s than here and it, it never kind of gets explained why i mean yes there 's shipping costs, but yeah, you know, it's still cheaper to bring out one package and you'd think if you're bringing out a container it'd be a lot cheaper than mm. than a single package. So, you would think so. Yeah, so perhaps when you go overseas you need to see if you can set up an uh, overseas bank account to uh, get an overseas uh, debit card.
0: Okay, and that will avoid that problem. That will
1: solve one of the problems.
0: Yes. <laughs> Okay in the meantime what's happening with uh, commodities they, uh, um, the,
1: the commodities okay? were all up during the week i mean the the gold price was was up uh, uh, the gold price was up uh, two and a half percent which is quite a lot for gold moving a week to seventeen hundred and three dollars an ounce uh, the silver price was up almost five percent to four uh, to twenty four dollars and seventeen and i think I think probably a lot of this is um, you know gold and silver are, you know, seen as this safe haven, and uh, the, the ongoing um, U.S. election, which I'll we'll be glad when it's over. So I'm sick of and hearing it about it. And it will
0: be over by It'll this time eighth, next week, the
1: eighth of November. Uh, yeah, the eighth of November, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, finishes. Yeah, um, and and you know who's going to win this week and what scandals are uh, erupted this week with the new lot of file servers and uh, yeah, we're going to see the end of that. Um, um, surprisingly, the uh, the uh, the Australian dollar was up again to uh, seventy six point five one cents, um, and so that's continuing its slow. Uh, Arise, um, So that's good for people who are travelling overseas to the US at Christmas. Um, the Great British Pound was down um, to 62. Well, the Australian dollar was down against the Great British Pound to 62 pence. Um, and against the New Zealand dollar, we were down 1.4% to $1.05. And to euro cents, we're down 1% to 68 euro cents. Um, the all ordinaries market, um, was, most of the equity market, all the equity markets around the world that we've got here were received reading last week. Um, the, the all ordinaries index was down 5,003, was, was down to 5,311, which is 2.4%. Um, the Dow Jones was down 1.3% to 17,959. Uh, the UK index was likewise down 1.6% to 6,842. Yeah, um, and the West Texas City McCree yes. was down six percent to sixty dollars and fifty-five cents a barrel. We're Australian rubbing our dollar.
0: hands. No, no, because <laughs> no young good leader, news.
1: Young leader, <laughs> I had to fill up to get some petrol yesterday. lucky my car doesn't use too much petrol. Um, $1.29 a dollar twenty-nine a liter for unleaded petrol, which is up another three percent on the week, and Sydney was up fourteen percent to uh, $1.34 a dollar thirty-four cents a liter.
0: So higher than we are.
1: Yes, yeah, so we're yep, higher. We so the 10% they were ahead last week's turnaround, a 5% behind. Um, the petrol price just swings all over the place from week to week. But the, but the diesel price is all more stable and so it's interesting. Um, so the diesel was $1.21 a litre in Newcastle, which barely moved since last week, and $1.20.5 in Sydney, which has also barely moved since last week. So I don't know why there's all this volatility in the petrol price and not in the diesel price. Perhaps we can get... Um, Someone from the RMA to talk to us about
0: it. <laughs> Yet another conundrum as far yes. as our fuel is concerned.
1: Henry, my friend.
2: Good afternoon, Stephen. How are you?
1: I'm good, Henry. you good, Henry. Sunny What's Melbourne down there.
2: I am. I am in sunny Melbourne. It's uh, race week in sunny Melbourne, although I haven't been to the races. I'm not going to the races, but still. It's nice to be uh, down here for a change. Yes. It's-
1: Sun is out, the sky is blue. It's nice to be sunny in Melbourne for a change, too. It is. It's
2: not been. I don't think we've had the greatest weather. We certainly have missed out on some of our good weather
1: that we've had. Yes, yes. Well, they say they should. We need to keep it for ourselves. So, 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 so the U.S. election, as Jane and I were just saying, we're sick to death of it. It's over on the eighth of November, or we know the outcome. Hopefully, on the eighth of November.
2: What, what? I'm not sure we will know the outcome. I'm not, I'm not, it's, um, it's, it's a very tight election race, despite all the, yeah, yeah. the issues that Donald Trump has had. It's got a lot tighter in the last week with the release of those uh, emails by the FBI on Hillary Clinton. So, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. And, of course, then the, um, the interesting bit comes as to whether um, anybody actually agrees to abide by the decision. So, um, you know, there's some people even talking civil war and call to arms, so it's going to be a very interesting week next week, I suspect.
1: So what what can they do if they don't abide by the decision? There's not much they can do.
2: Uh, Well, the US is a very strange place as far as their democracy goes, and there is even an outside possibility that um, one of the guys from Utah could end up becoming president if there was an electoral college tie. Something I wrote about in the newsletter the other day is, is how weird uh, the u s election is, and they can even vote for anybody that um, they fancy they can just write the name on the ticket and they oh, can to you? change your vote as well.
1: so I could just write Henry Jennings on it if I was the yeah, if you
2: wanted to vote for me, if you were in the u s and you wanted to vote for me, you could just vote for me it's unbelievable. So that 's why Michelle Obama is still in the betting at five hundred and one dollars um, and five hundred one because it is possible for everyone to write down Michelle Obama and she would be elected.
1: Yeah. <laughs> It's I bizarre. just find that extraordinary. Isn't it?
2: it is. It is extraordinary. It is. It is.
1: Oh, well. so so taking all that into account, what we should be doing here in Australia with our investments?
2: Um, well, the market has been uh, quite jittery on the back of all this uh, um, talk of Trump sort of getting uh, far better. Uh, turnout than uh, than people were suspecting. So we have seen the market sell off, although we are seeing some stability today and a little bit of sense starting to creep back in. We had some numbers from ANZ uh, which were um, pretty much in line, um, and the market seems to have liked that. Um, and that's cheered up. We, we started the day down 20, and now we're up five. But we have fallen a long way in the last week or so since we last spoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, we had a horrible end to uh, October. And uh, I think you know, last week when we spoke, we were probably around 5,400. And now we're, um, we've hit 5,200 today. So bounced off it, but still, it's not been good.
1: Yes, well, that's unfortunate. And then speaking of ANZ, of course, ANZ... Uh, has now decided they're going to exit the Asian retail business, which is (laughs) surprising, isn't it? And Mr. Smith's gone away with 10 million banners.
2: Well, you and I, Stephen, have have talked many times about the irrational exuberance in CEO remuneration packages, and um, Mike Smith's big push into Asia has been unwound... um, it's actually been unwell pretty quickly by the new CEO, Shane Elliott, and uh, they announced this week, as you say, that they were exiting some of their Asian businesses. They're still talking about uh, remaining in, in Asia and part of institutional because um, they have some uh, investments in banks there, and they also have um, a top four place in uh, in some of those um, sort of surveys and things. So, so they, they still want to have a presence, but the... Uh, wealth management and retail businesses has gone and all those ambitions that Mike Smith had since have been uh, completely wound back. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so not not could...
2: great, not the greatest value for money, I think in terms of uh, in terms of salary for for ANZ shareholders.
1: I'm sure that's right. I'm sure that's mm-hmm. right. And Averett at Harvey Norman, the, the, one of the proxy advisors, said that they should vote the accounts down because uh, there's concerns <laughs> about the uh, franchise businesses that aren't really franchises, and
2: yeah, and. Harvey Harvey Norman seems to be having a running battle with these new things called proxy advisors um, which make recommendations to fund managers and they they were uh, recommending that fund managers voted, as you say, accepting the group's accounts which is kind of unheard of usually these proxy advisors tend to vote against the remuneration uh, structure and you get these sort of one, two, three strikes um, and they tend to uh, give the board a bit of a wake-up call but this is the first time they've taken it to the extent I guess of uh, saying the accounts are Rubbish. Um, Jerry Harvey, who doesn't mince his words, I think he called them a scourge of corporate Australia. Something um, like that, I saw. Yeah. So, so uh, certainly the, it's kind of heating up, and they, they did sort of um, dodge dodge it on uh, Wednesday when they had the uh, the uh, the meeting. So, um, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen there, but it looks interesting. Uh,
1: I think might have to go and have a look at that. Um, And so back to uh, BAPCOR's bid for Helleby, who who said it was uh, measly or something or other. So they've now got an independent experts report saying the bid was low and they've got to raise it and it's been rejected. So.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, BAPCOR, which uh, it's, you know, we've talked about this before because it's got a pretty silly name, has um, um, been called a cheapskate by Helleby Holdings, which is they're bidding for in New Zealand. Um, they did bid $3.30, and, and Helleby has said that basically way too cheap, um, very op- opportunistic. Um, these are automotive businesses, uh, and BAPCOR used to be known as Burson Group, mm-hmm. which seemed to be a far better name than BAPCOR.
1: which used to do what it did.
2: Yeah. So, uh, but I actually learned something today, which your listeners might be interested in, is why Borel is called Boral. and I didn't know this because it's been going for 70 years, and it was originally named because it was the Bitumen Oil Refineries of Australia Limited.
1: Yes. So, Did what you is know Bap? Uh, I had heard that. What uh, what, what does Bapcorps mean, though?
2: I have no <laughs> idea why BAPCOR is named. The way it is, and maybe it's because some some guy in graphic design or uh, website design came up with this cool name and thought oh, that'll work. It's yeah. Doesn't seem to doesn't seem to work very well, but um, yeah. but yeah, so they're, they're trying to take over Hellaby, and they just keep getting knocked back.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll come back in a minute and talk about CSR. Cool. And uh, we might even work out where its name came from. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's okay. a
0: test. Henry Jennings from the Marcus Today
1: Financial Newsletter. Henry, you
2: there. I'm
1: still here. You're yes, still there. So, where did CSR come from?
2: Uh, colonial sugar refiners.
1: Yes, we've all won a prize.
2: That's far easier than the borrow. borrow I'd never heard that
1: before. Yeah, uh, I think I, I think uh, I. I think Gordon gave me a book on it. He had all these books of company history. I think that's what uh-huh. I knew. Okay. <laughs> um, CSR, it pasted, well, it's not in sugar anymore, of course. Uh, it's in mainly building oh. products now. So yes. it pasted a 12% uh rise in underlying profits for the half year. Yeah. Well, I mean, these guys are
2: riding the, um I guess, riding the housing boom, I and they're riding it pretty well. they had, uh, Better than expected first-half earnings Our guidance was uh, reaffirmed to be the top end of the range they're looking to make around 154 to 184 million. Next year in their earnings, which actually is quite a big range when you look at it. So, um, but they're, they're pretty bullish on property. They have warned that um, that maybe the apartment market is looking a little bit, um, a little bit toppy. But um, they're still pretty bullish. So, I guess that that's good news. And I guess anecdotally, we're still seeing property very strong across New South Wales, especially.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's falling a bit in Brisbane, though. But, but New South Wales yeah, seems I,
2: but. It. and there's, there's some you know there's some anecdotal evidence it, it's coming off the boil um, in Melbourne as well, with, especially with those apartments. Mm. But uh, CSR, um, it said that they was seen signs of slowing, um, but builders are not hugely concerned mm. just yet. Cranes are everywhere, they said.
1: That's good. That's good. Yeah, That's good. So The share the price
2: pretty well the other day on the back of that.
1: And speaking of share price, um, uh, Ingham's. Ingham's have had to cut their... The Ingham's are going through an IPA process at the moment, and they've, they've had yep. to cut their share price, and now the... Uh, TPG Group's going to sell less than expected number of shares, so is yeah. this just another private equity thing they're trying to offload?
2: It is, and and, and one of their competitors, I think, it's Bayarda, um which is another uh, chicken uh, or poultry um, producer, who is also looking at floating as well. So there'll be some some competition for the game of chicken. Um, but um, but yeah, I think that the, the market's slipping back in the last couple of weeks. Has kind of dented enthusiasm for this, and of course, institutions love to talk down uh, the price of these floats because uh, you know they don't want to be paying top dollars; they want to be getting it as cheap as possible. So they're using that excuse and weakness in the market to uh, sort them down. It looks like it's only going to be priced at twelve times um, the uh, the earnings. So um, yeah, we'll wait and see whether um, whether it gets away. They were worried that maybe the aftermarket would be a bit sloppy mm-hmm. uh, based on the. Um, Based on the sort of the demand. So um, uh, the headlines is they chickened out over the Ingham's IPO. So there's lots and lots of puns that will oh, hammer <laughs> so. a, a bit
1: A bit sloppy, I think, means it's going to come on below issue price
2: well if if, if, um, if demand is there, but it only covers it once and, and what they said that was that brokers had asked for a lot more than they wanted on the basis they would be scaled back because it would be so popular but then, when the brokers get all the stock they want and they can't actually afford all the stock they've asked for. Um, then you do get this sort of forced selling, and it becomes a bit of a bit of a sort of a rush for the exit on the first day, which is never a great look. Mm,
1: that's right, that's right. And Virgin Australia, I mean, it's it's reported a uh, operating loss again, and its shares fell four point two percent.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is It's really, it's, you know, Qantas has done an astonishingly good job. Admittedly, they've been. Helped dramatically by the uh, the fall in the oil price, but you know Virgin would have had the same tailwind as well with the fall in the oil price. Yet the two airlines couldn't be further apart. You've got Qantas reporting record profits and Virgin still reporting losses. So and, um, you know there's some big shareholders in Virgin. There's not a lot available to the public, and you know and it, it's a, it's a useful guide, I guess, to, to see what's going on in the airline industry, which is very competitive, and uh, international prices are uh, still down. But it's it's not a real stock, to be honest, Stephen. You know, it's it's hardly. Yeah. it's owned by um, the most of it's owned by the, the mm-hmm. big boys, and the little people don't really play it. So um, you know, it languishes around 20, 25 cents and fiddles around there. Whereas the um, Qantas is a far more, um, you know, transparent and uh, and uh, sort of in-depth market.
1: Yes, yes. Because because, because there's there's not much free float in that, and uh, no, I think we no. could even probably move the price in that anyway.
2: Um well you certainly could move the price bit. Uh, I don't know if I could move
1: the price. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> probably only needs a thousand shares. Um and Slater and Gordon, I, I, I just could not believe this when I read it. Um after we lost one point one one billion something or other. Yep. The, the board and the executives are getting bonuses.
2: Yep. It's um it is hard to believe, isn't it? And it's you know, it's you would think that a company that has done that much damage to a shareholder world would not have the temerity to then pay their, their, their executives' bonuses. and Some of them are actually leaving and still getting back. It's, it's extraordinary. So, um, you know, that, that's why the shares, I guess, are 36 cents. But, um, they, you know, this is where proxy advisors and uh, shareholder activists should be uh, making a song and dance is, uh, is these sorts of extraordinary largesse um, to, to failure, which is, um, you know, they, they, that was a lot of money to burn on, on a deal
1: in a year and now we get a bonus. Yeah, they supposed to be smart people anyhow uh, anyway, we're, we're, the other uh, class action law firms will launch some class
2: action law uh, case against them so we'll see how that ends up yeah well of course it doesn't uh, doesn't hurt to launch a class action against your rival does it
1: no no <laughs>
2: It's always uh, it's always good for business if you are trying to take out the competition.
1: Oh, that's right, and just one thing to finish up on: uh, Fortescue's me- Metals Group shares fell a little bit this week um, on uh, it was reports that the second largest shareholder was trying to sell some convertible bonds in the
2: company. Well, you couldn't you wouldn't you know you couldn't blame them. But Fortescue has been an amazing Excellent. Australian success story, and, and their power. And Twiggy Forest have done an extraordinary job. When you consider that back in January the stock was a dollar fifty-five, and now it's five dollars twenty-two. Um, and the company has changed dramatically in the last few years with the pay down of debt. Um, I guess it's hardly surprising that uh, you're going to see some people wanting to take some money off the table. The, the rise in the iron ore price can't last forever. Um, you know, it may have been pushed up artificially. So. And you would imagine that there are some people that are looking to take take some profits because um, it's just been an extraordinary run.
1: Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's, it is a big profit. Okay, we'll, we'll talk to you again uh, next week, Henry. Yes,
2: indeed. And Six hope, weeks to Christmas uh, next week. And we'll, we'll have a result from the US election. and we can, You can read all about um, it in the newsletter.
1: Will we actually next week? Uh, um, probably
2: uh, Yeah, I'm being I'm being bumped off Sky Business on Wednesday because it's all the results are coming through. Sort of Wednesday lunchtime, so okay, hopefully I'm just wishing the time to a little soon. okay, with, uh, with,
1: with Trump's we'll s- see if we've got a builder or a uh, 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 lawyer as the next US president. Yes,
0: we look forward to that with bated breath. Thank you, Henry <laughs> okay. Jennings, Thanks, senior Harry. commentator with the Marcus Today financial newsletter today. We're gonna have a look at investing overseas. It's um yeah, it's not something that's quite as easy to do as all that, is it, Stephen? No,
1: investing depending which way you go about it, investing overseas can be difficult but but it is becoming easier, um, generally. Um but uh um you know it, it can it still has some issues with it
0: yeah and what are the good parts about it? um
1: well, one of the reasons people people like to look to invest overseas is to diversify their investment portfolio um now we, we always we, we you know in our firm we always recommend you put about ten to twenty percent um of your investments overseas um there's different sectors of the market available overseas that that aren't available here or or, or um if they are available here you know, they're a lot smaller, such as um, the IT sector. Um, there's a sm- few small IT stocks here, but overseas, you've got uh, you've got IBM, you've got Apple, you've got uh, um, Samsung, all those major IT companies, and the and the biotech or the life sciences as it's now called um, the life science businesses um, in Australia. Uh, Relatively small, though you've got a few like um, uh, Certec um, CSL, which, which, uh, which are quite good companies here. Um, but overseas, you've got the, the large brands like Smith Klein, Klein Galaxo, uh, Pfizer, those are, uh, Novartis, the Swiss company, um, and, and they're just basically um, not available here in Australia. Um, they're not listed on the ASX. So the only way you can get access to those is by investing overseas. Um, um, one of the other advantages of investing overseas, of course, is, is, is you're, you're not subject to, um, and this can be a plus or a minus, um, you've also got exchange risk there or possible exchange gain. So, And a lot of people kind of get mixed up with this. But if the Australian dollar goes down, the value of your overseas investments go up. And conversely, if the Australian dollar goes up, the value of your overseas investments go down. So one of the reasons we, we, we don't a lot of money overseas or you know maybe more than about twenty percent is you've got to take into account um the exchange the exchange risk as well now what some of the disadvantages is like you know you've got exchange risk may be a disadvantage because you know your, your investments are, um uh there's it particularly in the u s there's a lot of these uh forms that have to be filled in. Um, so that 's one of the reasons we tend to don 't use direct investments in they use these w Ben forms and w n eight forms, which are just a just a complete nightmare, and no one seems to understand how they actually work um, and then if you invest directly um you end up with small dividend checks and and and, and they, they can be a problem negotiating here in Australia. Um, uh
0: what, in foreign currency? In foreign yeah. currency, yeah. Oh, yes, that is a that is a nightmare. <laughs> so if you you invest
1: in something in one of the big global consumer brands like uh Nestle or Unilever, um, you end up with you know checks for 23 francs or or 22 pounds and then you go down to the bank and they convert it and then they charge you $25 or something. You, <laughs> There's not a lot you yeah. get back so, out of it. Yeah, that. that's right. So unless you're going to um, invest significant amounts, um, we don't generally recommend you invest directly. Now, there are some, um, a couple of the Australian brokers now will... will um, do that for you, and and they'll do the trades and do the conversion. But there's still a, a reasonable cost there, a lot more significant than investing in Australia. And you've still got to compete these these terrible uh, tax forms that, are, that you know they put these helplines on. They've got these helplines, um, and then you ring them up and they say, well, we can't. We can't give you any advice, and I'm saying, well, what you there? I don't know what the questions. Are. I don't even know what the co- concepts of the questions mean.
0: So, do you pay tax in the other country where you're investing? On um, in the, US, in the
1: uh, It's not quite true that I don't know what they mean, but in the U.S., that what what basically there's withholding tax, and if you correctly complete these um, W Ben forms, um, the withholding tax drops from thirty percent to fifteen percent. So then you will get a credit in credit in australia against your um against your tax liability in australia and you pay the tax on effectively the difference so if 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 you tax if you're paying um tax at thirty percent in australia you take off your fifteen percent credit from the u s and then you only pay the tax on the fifteen percent difference um that those forms are very really easy to be honest to fill in for an individual that's once you start getting into structures that are quite common here that are different there's no kind of concept in the US like um, a self-managed superannuation fund or a family trust or a company's not too bad, but the, the trust things, there's always difficulties filling those forms in. Mm.
0: So, forget the forms for the yeah, moment. Is there the another, another possibility? <laughs> um, you, can,
1: you can invest in, there's a number of fund managers that offer uh, international funds. Um, uh, Magellan's one of those. It's It's been a very good performer uh, over the last few years. Um, there's Platinum, which have been around for a long time, which tends to invest in Asia. And of course, the new type of things that have come along are exchange-traded funds. Now, they, they, they can invest, like you can now invest in a, a portfolio of shoes that replicates the Standard & Poor's um, 500 index in the US. Or there's a new one that's been out recently that that invests in um, global gold miners. Um, so you can buy one thing on the ASX and invest in a portfolio of global gold miners. And um, the, once again, you need to have a look at the... If you, if you want to stay away from the paperwork and don't want to fill these US forms in, you need to buy the exchange-traded funds that are actually... Domicile in Australia. Some of them are listed, particularly uh, one of the major providers are actually the US funds that are cross-listed here in Australia, and you're caught up in the UX tax system and, and you have to fill in all those W-BEN forms. Oh, well. Again. Again. <laughs> okay, so, so there's plenty a fair to bit think of, about. They add good diversification. Um, the, the, the small investor or the average investor, I suggest they stay with the managed funds or the, the exchange trader funds.
0: How to Invest Overseas. Thank you, Stephen Pritchard. Thanks, Jane.
2: Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.